Welcome back, health investor. As I record this intro, I'm currently sheltering in place in Oakland, California during the coronavirus pandemic. I'm sure you're doing the same. Wherever you are, I hope this episode finds you healthy and safe. I don't remember exactly how I found Jamie Hernandez's Instagram page, but once I did, I was super impressed and intrigued. Jamie is currently on an incredible weight loss journey. To date, she's lost about 100 pounds. And the really cool part about it is that she's done so by figuring out what works for her body rather than following some prescriptive diet. As you can imagine, losing 100 pounds is no easy feat. Jamie has gained so much wisdom throughout the process, which is why I wanted to have her on the podcast. If you're currently working on losing weight, you're going to love the insight she shares. If you're not trying to lose weight, you'll still love Jamie's thoughts on health positivity versus body positivity, how some American doctors and French doctors differ when it comes to their perspective on weight loss. Jamie used to live in the United States, but she now lives in France, so her thoughts on this topic are super interesting, and also why some people are triggered by the topic of weight loss. As always, I appreciate the support you give the Health Investment Podcast. Whenever you write an Apple Podcast review, share an episode with a friend, or post your thoughts about an episode on social media, you help the podcast gain traction. So thank you so much. All right, enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and host of the Health Investment Podcast. Here's the thing. You deserve to feel amazing. But here's the other thing. There are so many confusing messages out there. Week after week, I'm going to share tips and practices that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness, because I want to help you get healthy for good without any BS. When I'm not podcasting, I work with clients one-on-one. So visit the show notes to book your free consultation. And don't forget to leave a review so that others can become trim, energized, confident, BS-busting rock stars like you. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. I know we have connected on Instagram, and I love everything you post and am always excited when you have a new post up and everything you say is so insightful. So I'm really excited to talk with you today. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So could you just share with us your story, your background? Yeah. So I'm originally from New York City and then I lived in, in Nashville. And then I, uh, I, I met my husband and, uh, you know, who's French. And that's how I end up uh, living in, in France. And I've been living here for about two years. Uh, so or a little over two years, actually. So uh, so yeah, um, that's how I arrived in France. And uh, interestingly enough, I, I've learned quite a bit about health ever since uh, living in France. Where do you live in Paris? No, actually, no. Um, uh, I, I live in, in the southern part of France. Uh, I live in, Mar- oh. in Marseille. So, oh, cool. So close to the beach and uh, yeah. away from, the, from the, like, the whole current situation that it is right now. Right. My husband and I went to Marseille. I oh, think we okay. were only there for a night, but really cool city. Um, 
<laughs> it's nice to it's nice to to visit, but uh, uh, to live there, it's it's. A, I have a I have my uh, opinions about that. So, uh, would you still say is New York your favorite city, or Nashville, or where is your favorite? Um, I like New York. New York, ha- you mm. know, it. I think it, it's more for nostalgia reasons. And uh, and Nashville, Nashville is where I started my career as a photographer and graphic designer. So um, I, it's kind of like both Nashville and New York is like my my hometown, um, and I'm trying to make Marseille as a hometown. I'm still, it's getting there, but like at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't know if I enjoy urban living over here. So right, well, and um, it makes sense. It takes a while to adjust to any new city. Yeah, exactly. And also like with a, a new language and and culture, so. Definitely. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine learning a whole new language and then living in that country full time. That's that's a lot. But good for you. Thank you. Uh, so yeah. So and, and like I said, um, uh, I I learned so much about about health over here. Oh yeah. Well, why don't you tell us about that? So interestingly enough, um, I uh, I started to have some health problems, right? And I didn't connect a dot that deals with my, uh, you know, with my weight. So having to go to the doctors, having to learn a lot of uh, uh, medical uh, vocabularies in French is a definitely new experience. Mm-hmm. But because over here there is a, a accessible healthcare, mm-hmm. I've come to learn that um, there are things that uh, – that are needed to do. So like, for example, um, I've, I was diagnosed with hyperinsulinemia and NASH, which is a non-alcoholic stereohepatitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the, the liver is in, in, inflamed. And in order to treat those, uh, weight loss is needed. So, so yeah. Uh, and so when the doctor had, uh, when my doctor had, uh, you know, diagnosed me with those things you know he, he basically told me like you need to lose weight because uh otherwise you will become diabetic and I it's it just like oh okay all right so I started to take health more seriously and uh and yeah um and that's when I started to like all right I, I'm gonna do something about this and maybe if there's someone who's like me somebody who has a similar story just like me. Uh, maybe I can uh, share my story. And that's how I, I did the It's All You account on my Instagram, right? Right. And so um, whenever I write a post, um, I use a lot of my skills when I was a, like a, when I was a photographer in, in, a, in Nashville because I was a photojournalist and a writer for a, uh, you know, for magazines and, and newspapers. So um, I use a lot of the journalistic skills that I have garnered there and uh, do a lot of research, making sure that whatever I post is like, all right, this is verifiable and fact-checked and everything and uh, try to make a, a well-rounded opinion about how to take care of our health. Right. And that definitely comes through in your posts because... I have known, I mean, known in air quotes, right? But I've known you a short time on Instagram, but immediately I was drawn to your account just because of, 
like I said, how well put all of your ideas are. And just a lot of wisdom shines through. And you can really tell that everything you're saying is very calculated and balanced and well-researched. And yeah, I just love love what you do over there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, the thing is, is like, um, I, and I think we've discussed this a, a teeny bit beforehand. Um, uh, we live in a very, in a society that, are into extremes right mm -hmm. you either have to choose one side or the other like there's no in between and i feel like when it comes to health you have to be really reasonable like you have to use some sort of discretion like all right does this work for me or should i take everything at face value mm -hmm. and so uh for me you know in order for me to to translate that or to interpret that or write something you know, uh, I have to do the, the the research. I have to make sure. All right, what does what do these two people say? Like from the wellness industry to like the uh, activism community, and um, and just kind of kind of reach a way where my posts are educational and easy to digest. You know, mm -hmm. I don't I don't always say like, hey, you have to do this or hey, you have to do that. Uh, I, I make sure that whatever the information I post, um, uh, they have to, like, the, the reader has to take their own account. Like, all right, I guess this is what I should do. Or maybe that's a, a good idea or something like that. I don't, I don't want to force people into changing their habits, even though that's the goal that they, sh maybe perhaps they want to change their habits. But um the idea is uh, I want them to think for themselves, the, the audience. Right. That makes sense. So you mentioned that we live in a society of extremes and we are going to be talking a lot about weight loss because you're currently on a weight loss journey. And as you mentioned, that's helping you to resolve some other health issues. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are triggered by this topic because they think that weight loss is anti-body positive and you can't love your body and want to lose your weight at the same time, that you should just embrace yourself. Um, again, we were speaking about this a little bit beforehand, but can you speak to that? You mentioned you had maybe been a part of that community at one point and what kind of caused you to break away from that? All right. So uh, interestingly enough, uh, all right. So yeah, I used to be part of this community, like, and a lot of it has to deal with uh, how we view fatness, right? Um, I I actually started uh, gaining weight uh, when I was twelve, so and I didn't I didn't know anything. Like I thought that was just normal. I thought that oh, that's just my body growing. And and when I kind of think about it, from age twelve to age eighteen, I've gained about two hundred pounds. That's quite fast. Mm -hmm. Like that's a lot of weight in a short amount of time. Right. But I, I never questioned it. And mm -hmm. then from age 18 to age 25, I think I've uh, gained another hundred pounds. Right. Mm -hmm. So within a very short span amount of time, I've actually gained quite a bit of weight. But like I said, I never really questioned it. I, uh, you know, I thought people made fun of me because uh, of how I am and, you know, uh, of how I, I looked, right? And I think for myself, it was more of a defense de mechanism to say like, no, I'm, I'm a person, you know, like, uh, I am like, 
I'm worth it. I'm fabulous. I'm this, you know, like you got to like me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, at one point I was convinced that my fatness is an, is a part of my identity mm-hmm. that it is something that you cannot change. And so I, that's why I was like very like, yeah, fat acceptance, you know, fat positivity, body positivity, like, yeah, everybody's celebrated, you know. And then um, I guess it was like when I realized afterwards, it's when I started to have uh, health problems, mm-hmm. like I said. Um, uh, it was so I when I started to have health problems, that's when I realized like, all right, it's all good and fun right but when something bad happens to you it kind of is like a wake-up call right and so that's the reason why when my doctor had told me like all right you're gonna have diabetes I'm like what (laughs) yeah Uh, uh like oh okay uh okay uh so when he told me that I was like very mad at myself you know because I because nobody wants to be told that they're unhealthy you see, yeah, and that's wh- and that's what's going on right now. On one end, we're having a fitness and in- the fitness industry or the health industry telling the other side, like, "Hey, you're not taking good care of yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna die if you don't take if you don't do anything." And then the other side is telling, like, "Well, you don't tell me what to do. I'm gonna. I don't. I don't care. I want to live my life how I want to live." And uh, you know, I think that uh, healthy is you know, what it has no, like, I can be healthy at whatever size, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, the thing is, is like, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, again, people don't want to admit them to themselves that they haven't been taking good care of themselves, um, you know, at all, you know, like nobody wants to admit to themselves like, yeah, I'm unhealthy. It's a it's one of the hardest thing to admit to oneself to begin with. Definitely. So do you think, are you still part of the body positive acceptance um, group as well? Can you be a part of both, do you feel? Or is it more, do you see it differently now? I see it more differently. Uh, the thing is, is that, sure, you can still love your body and still lose weight, you know? Right. And uh, I, I, th- I think that that's what it is. But the thing is, is that body positivity has kind of, it's often interchangeable with, with fat positive, fat acceptance, all of that, you know, um, it's often interchangeable with that. And so, uh, you know, the, th- the idea behind body positivity is to like, all right, accept yourself, accept your body, even though it's against the, the beauty standards, the, the society's mm-hmm. beauty standards, like just accept yourself, right? And the thing is, is like we've become more focused on on, on aesthetics, right? Mm-hmm. Where in reality, we have to focus on health, you know? Mm. Um, so I can still embrace my body. I can still embrace that. I, can, I, I have flaws. I have things that I cannot change, you know? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to weight, and I know this, this might be a little bit polarizing me, polarizing for even for for me to say this that when it comes to 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 weight those are things that you can change you know mm-hmm. and so for me body positivity has a different meaning in in a sense um uh, things that we cannot control like for example genetics right um mm-hmm. there are certain traits that we can't control because of genetics 
um, or when it comes to dis uh, disability or disabled body, right? Um, uh, there are people who have uh, lost limbs or uh, don't have any limbs or, you know, who are in a wheelchair or anything like that. Um, they might feel a little self-conscious of how they look. And, mm -hmm. and I applaud, you know, now that, that we have uh, certain people that are trying to celebrate that because we do need more representation of those type of bodies. But, Definitely. but again, um, those are things that they cannot control, you know, but when it comes to weight, you know, those are things that we can control. Um, I know that at one point, and I know that you probably might know this, uh, during the nineties, right. Um, it was in trend to be, uh, like very thin, like that was pushed upon society. Like you have to be thin. Right. And I think they even have like, a name for that I think it was called heroin chic like that was like the mm. name the name for for that type of look right and, interesting yeah and so uh right now uh I think it is not until recently like into the in the 2010s where this whole body positivity came out like look um we're, we're actually it is a really good thing um we're saying like all right being severely underweight is a no like Mm -hmm. It definitely, you know, like hurts people's perception of themselves. You can have a host of health issues being underweight. Exactly. E even physical issues as well, right? Like you said. Yeah. But, but now we're in a society where like, all right, we have gone to the other side where mm -hmm. we're glorifying obesity, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that obese people are you know, like not worthy. I mean, there are, right. worthy. there are worthy, like to be loved. There are people, there are human beings, you know, we need to treat them, uh, you know, with respect and with kindness, you know, um, I will never judge anybody based on their looks. I mean, cause I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that way, you know, mm -hmm. maybe I'll have my opinions based on, on personality, but when it comes to, <laughs> right. when it comes to, to, <laughs> to like looks I'm just like girl you good like I don't I don't see what's the problem you know but I don't know I think we've just become very obsessed with aesthetics when in reality we should be a little bit more focused on on physical health yeah and I think one of the first things I noticed about your Instagram page I think you call it a micro blog right it's kind yeah. of you have a little vlog there. Yeah, I like that term for it. Uh, but you use the term health positive. And I know we had even direct message back and forth about thoughts on that. But I think I'd heard it once or twice before. But can you kind of explain what you mean by health positive? So health positive, I don't know how other people will perceive it, but how the way I perceive it, right? So health positive is basically... Um, focus on physical health, mental health, mm -hmm. making sure that you love yourself enough to, to take care of yourself physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, is that if we don't take, ourself take care of ourselves physically, I mean, we're going to have uh, problems later in life, you mm -hmm. know? And we need to view uh, certain you know, like, like I said, uh, we need to view weight loss as a medical treatment. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, uh, I've 
like I've mentioned before, I was diagnosed with hyperinsulinemia. Hyperinsulinemia is basically where the pancreas is constantly secreting. And NASH is basically the liver is inflamed. And basically, there's a lot of fat around the, around the, uh, around the liver. So those two um, create a lot of inflammation in the, in the body, a lot of pain in the body, uh, tiredness, fatigue. And another thing, too, that, I was, um, that I'm recently diagnosed is actually an underactive uh, thyroid um, uh, my doctor had told me that it was a hypothyroidism that, but it's functional. Uh, on test, it it will appear that it, if it's functioning normal, but because of the way I, the weight I, I am in, it's underactive. So oh, okay. so, uh, and the only way for me to remedy that is by weight loss, eating clean okay. and uh, and weight loss. So we have to view weight loss as a medical treatment and not just for aesthetic reasons or aesthetic purpose, you know? Um, Definitely. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people are just like, well, <laughs> I just want to look good, you know, lose weight or whatever. And Right. But then it, when it, it gets again focused on the looks, I want to look thinner, I want to look good, it's back to the aesthetics. Whereas what you're talking right. about is really the feeling good. I mean, we all have one body, we have one life that we know of, right? Uh, right. So it's important, I think for myself, when I went through my own health journey a few years ago, that why wouldn't I maximize my health so that I can mm-hmm. not only look however I want to look, but also to feel incredible and have more energy and be more focused. And I just think life is so much more enjoyable when you have that healthy feeling. Right. Well, you know, it's like, um, I have an analogy, right? Uh, our body, (laughs) it's the only vehicle that we can go through, through life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, think of it this way. You have a car, you decide that you want to do a, a road trip cross country. Right. And in order for you to have a well running car, you have to take care of it. You have to check if the oil is good, the tires are good, everything, you know, and it has to, like, you need to constantly check on it, especially when you're, when you're traveling. So the same thing with our bodies, right? We need to take care of it constantly going to the doctor, uh, you know, you know, going to get our physical checkup, you know, preventative healthcare is a way of uh, taking care of your body um, and, and, you know, just like a car, if you don't take good care of it, that car is not going to last, you know, you're not going to finish your, your car, your, your cross country road trip. So the, totally. so the same thing with our body, if we don't take good care of it, we're not going to last a very long time. Or if not, we're going to have complications, um, uh, while we're older. And mm-hmm. that's something that I had to think about, you know, I have a family, um, uh, I, I want to see my nep- my nephews, my my aunt, my my family in in New York, my family in, in Tennessee, you know, and my husband, you know, like I I, I want to spend a long uh, you know a long time with him, so right. I have to take care of myself, you know. That's such a good analogy. I love analogies, especially ones like that that are simple, but they make so much sense. And then 
it's like it all becomes clear, you know. <laughs> just I, I wish I could just live in a big analogy and just use them all the time. I love them. I, you know, the thing is, that I love using analogy too because, like, um, it, it, I, you know, I'm an artist, so I have a very vivid imagination, and so I'm just like, yeah, that seems like a really good idea to to talk about. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, I, I think the last uh, post I made. I was talking about hiking, you know, uh-huh. there's a, a hiking trail in France. It's called the GR20. And the GR20 is one of the most hardest, it's like one of the most difficult hikes you can ever do in Europe, right? Mm. But it's also really beautiful. Um, and the good thing is that, that the island in itself, because it's in an island, um, uh, they give you itineraries and uh, uh, check like like uh, checkpoints to to stay at and so 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 they can and they do it so they can keep the hikers motivated Mm -hmm. and and focused right and i've compared that with uh doing small goals uh on our weight loss journeys Mm -hmm. so it can keep us motivated and 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 focus that's great i i completely agree when i work with clients one-on-one it's all about larger goals and a larger vision, but then all of the action steps and the small goals to get to that. Right. So that it never becomes overwhelming, you know, one step at a time. Don't try to tackle the whole staircase all at once. Like you have to really take it easy on yourself and do it little by little and know that the small things that seem insignificant even will really pay off in the end. Right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, and that's something I had to learn, uh, in my own weight loss journey myself, because, um, I've, I've technically speaking, I've, um, I started my weight loss journey in 2014 when I was mm-hmm. 25. At that point, I was almost uh, 400 pounds. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be quite honest, I don't even know how much I used to weigh because I was so afraid to admit to myself how much I weighed. Because if I knew if I exactly how much I weighed, I knew to my, I, I, I basically knew like, yeah, if I weigh close to 400, I know that, uh, that I know I haven't been taking care of myself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think I was, I was at estimated myself between, uh, 375 and 385. So, because, uh, the first time I weighed myself, it was, uh, closer to, to 370. So, um, I, uh, I I knew that I was closer to 400. And also, too, I was wearing clothes that were, you know, that are plus size, but they were fitting me um, very tight. Mm-hmm. So I knew that at that moment, like, if I had to, you know, like, if I had to take care of myself, I really have to do something, right? Yeah. And the first time I did it, it was for actually for really – it's interesting because I'm, I'm not, I'm just now thinking about this. The first time, uh, the reason why I, I, I wanted to lose the weight, the weight first time is because I wanted to look good for my business. Huh. It was for very superficial reasons. And I think it wasn't until probably a year later, I realized to myself, like, you know what, <laughs> this is really good for my health, you know? Yeah. I was, you know, I was a pretty immature person back then. And, um, but I still kind of kept with it because I liked the idea, like, yeah, I, I feel good. I have more energy. I can move around and everything, even though my weight loss wasn't exactly 
how I planned it to be, uh-huh. I felt great because I was doing something good for my health. Um, and then until probably in 2017, I started to have pain in my body. And uh, eventually I regained back the the weight. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I regained back the weight. I So this is my, quote unquote, my second weight loss journey, my, yeah. my, my version 2.0. The only difference between uh, the first one and the second one is, is that the second one, I have more knowledge and also maturity. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and back to what I was talking to you about the whole body positive movement, right? A lot of these activists, um, a lot of these activists, they seem to be under 30, you know? Mm. Um, I know there are some that are more over the age of 30, but most of them, the ones that I've seen are kind of, are kind of young. Interesting. um, You know, when we're young, we always think to ourselves like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I, I can do whatever, you know, but when it hits you and like it hit me you know i was in my late 20s when i started to have uh when i started to have pain mm-hmm. you know and i thought to myself like well this is weird this is not your regular gym sore you know like this mm-hmm. is this is totally different and then by 2019 it was chronic pain um i remember uh when i first uh moved into the apartment I'm in, right? I live in an, uh, an apartment building with no elevators. The first time, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, I can still pick up things. I can go up, you know, blah, blah. and then it was to the point where um, uh, I can barely pick up anything. I can barely walk from my room to the kitchen. Wow. And it was just constant pain. So when I went to the doctor and he, he explained to me everything and I realized like, all right, that's, that's where I had to take care of myself. That's where I had to like, all right, admit to myself, I have to take care of my body. I have to do something and this time stick with it. So when you, on both of your weight loss journeys, were you doing the same things to lose weight or do they, did you differ in what has worked for you and what hasn't? So the first one, um, I tried everything, actually. Uh-huh. Um, I I knew the general gist of it. Eat clean, be in a calorie deficit, and uh, and do some sort of physical exercise, right? Mm-hmm. That That's the first thing I, I, I decided to do. All right, portion control, you know, try not to eat as much junk food and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I just basically just did it blindly in a way. Um, so I, all right. So, (laughs) so I just like do whatever I was Mm -hmm. just kind of going there doing, you know, and the thing is, is like, they always say never to compare yourself with others when you're, when you're losing weight, but you know, you can't help it, but to compare with others. Yeah. And so when I was comparing myself, my progress, what I was doing compared to what other people were doing, something wasn't going going right. Because in the first one, I've only lost about, I would say, 
I guess 50 to 60 pounds in, in within two years. Okay. And to me, that's kind of like way too little because <laughs> I was going I was going to the gym five times a week. Wow. I was I was trying to eat at a calorie deficit. I was trying, I was doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, it wasn't working like at all. So that's where I resorted to to everything, like the the teas, the the powders, the the fast, right? The like, mm -hmm. oh, here's a water fast, a three day water fast. You're gonna do, you're gonna lose like I don't know how many pounds in one week or one over the weekend, right? Uh, oh, here's the military diet. You can lose 15 pounds in like one week or or the the teas, the detox teas, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> there are so many things out there. So many things. And I bought the hype of it. I really bought I bought into that hype. Yeah. And that's where I was like even more and you know, by that time, this is where I was like, Yeah, see, I can be fit and big at the same time. And there's I'm still healthy, you know. And so when life humbled me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is where happened the the second uh, the second weight loss journey. So the second weight loss journey, I uh I regained the 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 weight that I had that I had lost, right? Because of the immobility of the pain that I've that I had. And uh so this time I went to a doctor. And that's where my doctor had told me, look, you need to lose weight. And normally doctors just tells you, you need to lose weight and there you go, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm so grateful that I have a doctor that have a really good rapport with me, which is very uh, important to have, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, my doctor, you know, basically told me like, okay, since you're probably having uh, an insulin problem because you're insulin resistant and you're secreting a lot of insulin, you need to avoid sugar at, at all. You, you have to avoid mm -hmm. sugar. You have to avoid carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So basically he told me like, you need to eat something, you know, low carb. And in order to satiate yourself, you need to eat high, you know, like a high amount of fat. And mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, so you want me to go do a keto diet? And he's like, yeah, something like that. But keto is very uh, uh, complicated for you. I'm just like, I don't know what that means, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm here trying to translate everything into my head in English while he's speaking in French. I'm like, uh, I think that's what he meant to say. So yeah. <laughs> afterwards, you know, uh, after he had told me a few suggestions, um, I did, um, I did re research, right? And, um, and I did my initial blood work. And sure enough, he exactly what he had said I have, you know, that he had su su suspected. So what's good about my doctor that he saw my obesity as a as a symptom rather than a, a cause for health problems. Mm -hmm. And that's something that um, it's unheard of in a lot of American doctors. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if you've noticed any difference between the approach oh, yeah. of American doctors versus French doctors in terms of weight loss. So here's the thing. Okay. So, and that, and I, and I did went to a, a, a doctor while on my first, uh, first weight loss journey too. And that was in and America or. That was in America. Oh, okay. first, 
Yeah, the first weight loss journey was was when I was living in Nashville. Got it. And so I went to the doctor just to get a physical, and he, and I kid you not, <laughs> he said, "Oh, you're good." Um. Yeah. Oh, you're good. You're good. Uh, I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, you're good. Uh, you can, you can, you know, I was able to handle glucose and I didn't have problems with, uh, with, uh, uh, the blood pressure. He just told me, he just basically told me like, oh, just, uh, you know, your cholesterol is a little, you know, just, just try to better your cholesterol, your good cholesterol, you know, just raise it up. Hmm. And I think you're golden. And I'm just like, are you sure? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense, you know? So, and, you know, because uh, the doctor, you know, it's a very legitimate source of information. Normally doctors are, Uh are are a legitimate source of information. I I really took it, you know, like, all right, cool. You know, I'm I'm healthy, you know? And even then, that's why I was so convinced that, um, you know, why I was so, why I was part of that, um, that uh, body positivity a fat positivity health at every size kind of person you know so when my doctor my french doctor he's like no you're not healthy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, because he saw the complete health Mm -hmm. you know um there are such thing as metabolical metabolic metabolical health i'm sorry about that metabolical health and uh and complete health Uh and so metabolical health basically if your body is healthy enough to you know take care of your blood pressure your glucose and also your waist circumference supposedly is part of that too but um apparently there are new new studies about how there are obese metabol uh, like healthy obese that are metabolically healthy or something like that and uh to me i always kind of find that kind of uh like an oxymoron because um when you look at complete health, you know, when I look at myself and my experience, uh, you know, like I'm just like, they really didn't check my thyroid. They didn't check if I was prone to, like, they didn't check my insulin level. They didn't check any of that. They didn't check if I have problems with my joints or anything. So um, that's why I was so flabbergasted at the idea that the the, the doctor said, like, yeah, you're good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you sure? So when my French doctor told me, like, yeah, you're unhealthy, you know, uh, I was like, oh, okay, you know. And you so suspected that. that. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, all right, um, I guess I have to change my my diet. I have to change my my uh, my eating habit, my lifestyle, you know. And uh, you know, it was funny too because like I thought that I was only going to eat uh, keto or low carb, high fat. For a very short amount of time. And he basically told me straight up. He's like, no, this is going to be for the rest of your life. I'm like, oh. Oh. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So, and he said, and he even said so himself. He's a, he's not your normal doctor. Um, uh, He basically follows other doctors like Dr. Jason Fung. Mm -hmm. And I forget, I forget the other one, but they, they view um, uh, patients, you know, obese patients. And they view obesity as a symptom, not as a as a cause, you know, uh, because there there's a, a a cause behind that, and this is where it comes back to when I was twelve. You know, um, I started to gain weight when I was twelve, and um, that rapid weight gain in my teens 
you know, should have indicated to my doctors, my American doctors, that this is not normal, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't realize that I had undiagnosed PCOS. So PCOS, if untreated, you become insulin resistant. So, and that's when everything, this is where I connected all the dots everywhere. I'm just like, all right, okay. And that's when I, that's what motivated me to, to like, all right, this is what's working. So the difference between the first one and the second one is actually a doctor's visit. Huh. That's so interesting. Uh, I just interviewed a doctor who is very much a fan of Dr. Jason Fung's work. And she calls herself the fasting doctor on Instagram. And she's really knowledgeable and awesome. Uh, But she also was talking about how uh, in medical school in the United States, doctors get maybe one or two sessions, not even full classes, or it's really just a few hours even of training in nutrition. Yeah. So many doctors, I think, don't even know. I mean, I'm just thinking of your American doctor. If your American doctor would have said, yes, you are unhealthy, you need to lose weight. I wonder if that doctor would even have known what types of recommendations to give you, you know? So I wonder sometimes is it, is it that they actually believe that or is it maybe even that they don't know where to go, like what the next step should be? Well, that doesn't surprise me if doctors don't have uh, an extensive knowledge of nutrition or, or diet, you know, or diet, because um, there are other body parts that we need to take care of. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, it's true. Um, but what really strikes me about my doctor, right. Um, is that he goes to seminars, he educate himself about mm-hmm. nutrition, about different types of uh, illnesses that could cause, you know, like why, you know, ex patient have problems with their kidney. Is it because that their um, obesity is a cause or what's causing that obesity? What is that, you know, so basically, you know, maybe doctors need to educate themselves a teeny bit more. I don't know. I, I can't speak for every doctor. Right. And I certainly, I mean, Dr. Jason Fung lives in the United States, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and this one, does he? I thought he was Canadian. Oh, maybe he is. Maybe he is. Yes. Okay, well, North America. <laughs> Close, close-ish. Uh, but then, yeah, this woman who is very knowledgeable in nutrition is a medical doctor in the Midwest. So there are definitely doctors in the United States who know what's going on with nutrition and different recommendations to make, you know. But I think it's just important. I think this is a good conversation to have because I think possibly if someone suspects like you did Mm -hmm. that maybe their health isn't on point, but then they go to the doctor and they're given a clean bill of health, maybe to know that you can continue your investigation. I think your intuition is usually pretty spot on. You know, we know if there's something going on, we know if someone's telling us something that's not adding up. Right. So there are doctors that you could seek out to get a second opinion. Let's say we do that with heart surgery or, you know, at other types of medicine. So it could be a good idea to get a second opinion in terms of should I lose weight? How should I lose weight? And and that's the thing. And that's what, what I recommend people to do, especially if you tried everything. Um, uh, yeah. Because the thing is, is like this could be all avoided 
you know, the whole gimmick of magic tea, magic pills, magic whatever, right? Um, that could be avoided yeah. if you go to the doctor, you know, or, um, uh, you know, uh, let's say you started, you know, your own initiative like I did, you know, and, and, uh, and basically like, you know, something is not adding up in my, you know, you know, my health loss, you know, whatever, not my health loss, my weight loss. Um, uh, uh-huh. You know, something is not adding, adding right. I was wondering if you can do a quick check on my thyroid. Can you do an insulin, uh, you know, a, exam, like a quickie or a HODA? Um, those are, are tests, you know, that check on your insulin, whether or not you're insulin resistant. Um, uh, it was crazy because when I saw the numbers, I was just like, oh, okay. I was making triple. I was produced, I was secreting triple the amount of a of an average uh um of an average weight person. Wow. Um uh, let's say that um the average uh insulin amount is about a hundred picomoles per liter mm-hmm. at a fasted state. I was doing three hundred mm-hmm. at a fasted state. That's dangerous. Yeah. You know, um, the my pancreas was really tired, and uh, and interestingly enough, my doctor had uh, mentioned like, okay, you have to do fasting, um, because apparently, uh, when you're insulin resistant and you're secreting a lot of uh, insulin, um, the fasting helps d- uh, kind of like regulate the the secretion of of insulin. So, is your current protocol pretty much? A semi keto diet, yeah, and fasting, and then is there a movement? Oh, of course, yeah. uh, that's another good thing. So, um, so yeah, my daily regimen is basically I, I like to call myself low carb, high fat. Not so much yeah. on the keto because uh, to me, keto was very strict. You know, yeah, um, and I noticed that when I started off as keto. When I was counting the net carbs, I was stressing out. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't. I, I will do this for for about a couple of months to um, uh, educate myself about carb counting and uh, um, making sure that I'm on on track. But mm-hmm. as far as like following it, you know, to the T. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I need to. I need to take care of my mental health first. So exactly. Um, so I do low carb, high fat, uh, uh, high fat, and um, I do fast. Um, okay. I do I do intermittent fasting. Uh, sometimes I do OMAD, you know, and then sometimes I'll do the classic sixteen eight. And uh, then OMAD, just for people who don't know, it's one meal a day, right? Exactly. Do you do so, your meal in the morning or in the evening or? Mid-day? I do I do mine in the late afternoon. Okay. Uh, because uh. The schedule that I have, well, now it's not so much, but <laughs> yeah. But my my previous schedule, I was uh, much more uh, active during the day, and then uh, towards the end of the day, right before evening, um, uh, I'm you know I don't do anything, so uh, that's where I would eat, and that way I'm still fasted, so it could help me sleep. Because if you eat right before you 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 sleep, it you can't sleep really good. Right. I think it's uh, 
really cool the way you're pointing things out of just things you've found that work for you versus the previous weight loss journey when you were doing a lot of things, the detox tea, the diets or whatever, and that's kind of prescriptions that other people have come up with that who even knows if some of those things have actually worked for them. You know, I'm skeptical of most of it. Right. I, I, yeah, I've bought some things that are kind of shady from Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I just, but I think you mentioned before you were tempted by, of course, it's so tempting, especially, I mean, their marketing is on point. It's, you know, you lose 15 pounds in a week or whatever with the, uh, what did you say? It was the army diet or something? Yeah, the military diet, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there are so many out there. And then even keto, right? Right. Keto means different things to different people. Right. And that could still be a fad diet for someone. So I like how you've informed yourself through different principles. And then I think that's what is lasting, right? And that's what's sustainable is when you figure out what works for your own life. Otherwise, it's never going to work. Real quick, I want to take a break from the episode to share one of my favorite resources with you. One of the BS messages floating around out there is that eating healthy costs too much. Honestly, I used to believe this myself. That is, until I discovered ThriveMarket.com. Thrive Market is an online grocery platform that's essentially Costco meets Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods. I love that I can shop on their mobile app and have all of my favorite groceries, everything from natural wine to 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers, everything, delivered right to my door. Last year, I saved over $1,000 shopping on Thrive. I honestly can't think of one reason not to love it. To save a percentage off your first order and see my full shopping list, click through the links in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, well, when it comes to like nutrition, I always say that it's good to do research. Not everybody's going to have the same uh, reaction to food, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like I, if I eat rice, um, first of all, that's a food trigger of mine because I do um, have a bit of a food addiction, right? Um, mm-hmm. Rice is a huge trigger for me. And so you can eat brown rice, white rice, wild rice, jasmine rice. I'll eat the whole pot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And another thing, it raises it. It's, it spikes up my my insulin levels, so mm-hmm. um, I have to be careful not to eat that. Um, yeah, but you know, I'm cool with eating, you know, cheese. So you know, yeah. And, and some people are just like, I can't eat cheese, you know, because uh, it's really fattening for me. I'm like, okay, well, oh. I, I'm okay with eating cheese. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I'll eat all the cheese then. <laughs> you know, more for me. You know, the thing is, is like, um, uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm Latina, right? And I, you know, mm-hmm. Hispanic food is just like wonderful. And oh, yeah. with the the low carb, high fat diet, I'm just like, I can't have nothing. No beans, mm-hmm. no rice. Uh, the mango, ugh, you know, like a lot of like yuca, all that stuff. I'm just like, oh, man, I miss them. But, you know, I'm glad I can eat uh, guacamole, you know, like avocados. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if they have taken avocados away from me, I'm oh, just yeah. like, I will go <laughs> crazy. <laughs> forget about it yeah Yeah. so uh what how do you usually kind of tame cravings and things do you try to just not keep stuff you don't want to eat in your home or um, how do you do that thankfully I have a husband who's very supportive Mm -hmm. um I told him like look I have to, and he was with me when, when, uh, with my doctor, right. With my doctor's appointment and he knows everything. So Mm -hmm. 
he basically he decided like all right i'm going to join you because i don't want you to get tem- tempted because the thing is he, mm-hmm. he loves bread he loves pasta right you know he 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 can eat whatever cuz he's in he has good health you know and um and uh and you know for me if i eat whatever he eats i i can't you know so mm-hmm. for solidarity's sakes uh he uh he supports me with eating the same thing i do and that helps a lot having that support you know um yeah that's great and also anything that was bad for me i had to throw it out of the trash like just the sooner the better you know yeah that that way you'll be less tempted you know yeah i always say that i don't i think willpower is a finite resource there's actually a book that i love called willpower doesn't work mm-hmm. and sure you can avoid whatever it is for a minute or a day even but if it's there Anytime we have cookies or bread or anything that is kind of my trigger or things that I love, that's the first thing I want to eat. And it's the only thing I think about until it's gone. Well, in- interestingly enough, uh, you know, I live in the city, you know, in Marseille. There's a there's a bakery in every corner. So right. <laughs> when so I true. walk by, when I walk by, I'm looking at the croissants and everything. I'm just like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my so, gosh, that is true. So for That's me, rough. so living in a um, gastronom, you know, gastronomic uh, country, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard. But um, I, you know, for me, it's more of like, look, if I have this at my house, I have to throw it out. Like it needs to be gone, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, otherwise, I will eat it. Um, yeah, we all will. And you know, it, it's it's a fine, you know, discipline is a is an acquired quality, you know. Yeah. And that's something that I'm still learning. I still have, I've actually have more discipline now than I did a year ago. But uh, even then, I'm just like, uh, there are days where I'm just like, mm, I want to, I want to, I want a croissant. I want a chocolate croissant and, uh, you know, all the bread. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I know, of course. And I think, I think that happens to all of us. Right. Well, I remember, okay, so the last time I, I, you know, and it's okay to have a cheat day yeah. once in a while. It, it's okay. Uh, the last time I had one of those was actually on my uh, my wedding anniversary, which was actually the beginning of this, uh, this uh, month. And um, we went out, you know, to eat something, you know, and I was actually surprised how much I actually don't miss them. Um, I had rice for the first time since last May. Mm. and I realized like I couldn't I couldn't finish it I was just like yeah I don't I don't want rice anymore <laughs> so I, I think it's something that my body just doesn't crave anymore I don't know it's weird yeah, but that's interesting. That, that day I was just really surprised like oh I yeah I don't miss rice I don't miss this you know I'm actually really happy with my with my yeah, current, and I think you know yeah, I think uh, from things I've read and whatever, I mean, it is possible to sort of rewire your taste buds and things you crave. But I think you said that that had almost been a year, right? So it can take a while. Yeah, well, the thing is, is like, I was really committed. I was super committed. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to eat any rice. I'm not going to, I was really committed to the my eating regimen. And, 
and it, it, almost a year without having to eat anything because I started my keto diet or low carb high fat diet last May of 2019. Uh -huh. And since then I have not had mangoes of uh, any type of fruits or uh, I, well, I, except for uh, the, the berries, right? The, the, we call it in, in France, we call it a uh, fruit rouge which means it, it basically is the berry families like strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, oh, yeah. uh, blueberries. Um, uh, I, I, I'm able to eat those because they're a really good uh, source of fiber mm -hmm. uh, and uh, a couple of other things. But like I haven't had bread. I haven't had any sort of cereals or grains that could spike up the, the insulin. And um, basically like when I had the opportunity to eat it, I was just like, yeah, I don't miss it. <laughs> so yeah. it, it takes, yeah, it takes a while. At first I was craving for it. The very, the very beginning I was very, I was craving for it. But at the end, you know, I was just like, yeah, I think I'm okay. I think, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm able to do this, you know? So yeah. it just becomes, it just becomes a part of your life. And that, and that's the goal. Right. That's, totally. that, that's the goal with, with health. You want mm -hmm. your health. Your health is is a part of you. It is a part of who you are. Your your health and you know indicates how what can you move? Can you uh, you know feel without any pain? You know it, it's a part of you. And so um, for me, it's that, that's what I, that's how I had to view it. My health is important. My health is a part of me, and I want to be in good health. You know. Totally. Well, that leads perfectly into the final question I ask all guests, which is, in your opinion, you've kind of touched on some things so far, but what do you think it means to make the health investment? Well, you know, I know that being healthy, and, and I'm going to talk of this in a very economical way, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that, oh, uh, eating healthy food is expensive, right? And the thing is, is that, um, uh, sure, these foods that are not so expensive are tend to be processed foods, right? Mm -hmm. And sure, you can eat them, you're fed and whatnot. But the quality of food can affect the quality of health. Mm -hmm. And for me, I would rather invest, you know, good quality food or whole foods, you know, uh, spend, if I have to pay for my doctor, cons you know, consult, if I have to pay for that, for preventative health care, it would be a lot better for me to pay a lot more up front than having to pay a lot, even a lot more when I have health complications at a later, later age. Because yeah. taking care of chronic health or chronic illnesses is not, it's not, um, it's not, it's not a cheap, it, it's super expensive. And I say this, right. and I say this with, um, with personal experience, because I see it with my family. I saw one time I, um, I saw how much it cost for medication for my grandmother. My grandmother has high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Uh, she has RA, um, you know, a lot of things. And it doesn't look really good for me as a, as a granddaughter, you know, because mm -hmm. illnesses can pass down through genetics, right. right? 
And yeah. so I saw the cost of it and it, I was just like, like so shocked how expensive it is. And for me, it's I'd rather invest in my health in the beginning, even if it costs me $30 of copay or, uh, you know, $100 or something like that. I know it's hard for for most people. But if I can invest a little bit more in the beginning, I know that I will avoid having to spend a lot, you know, when I'm older. Yeah, that's such a good point. Well, it's almost been an hour and I'm so grateful for your time. I know that it's much later over there in Marseille than it is here in California. So where is the best place for listeners to find and follow you? Well, um, as I mentioned before, I have an Instagram and it's called It's All You. It's spelled very differently, I know. Because um, <laughs> I know, like, when you first see the name, I'm just like, what is that? What in the world? How do you say that? And uh, it's just me trying to be cute. I didn't want to be no other, like, low-carb Jamie or oh, right, uh, right. Jamie's journey. <laughs> I didn't want to be. Yeah. I mean, I know there's people who are doing their best efforts to losing weight, and they have those type of usernames. But I want to be different. And it's all you is I-Z-E-L-Y-E-U-X. And uh, it's basically like a little made-up word I made uh, based off oh. uh, based off on two languages that represents me. Um, cool. Being Latina, I am very um, I'm very like you know very tied into my indigenous root. So uh, itself is now what for unique. Mm. And you, because I live in France, it's French for eyes. So together, it means unique eyes. Oh, cool. So because everybody had their unique perspective of weight loss. Mm. And so um, and that's the reason why I named It's All You. Um, and also, I love that. And also the phonetics, you know, It's All You, it's a mantra I say to myself whenever I go through a lot of difficulties. And I say, I say to myself, It's All You. You got this. It's All You. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm an overthinker, you know. I try, no, but I love that. I try to be witty. I try to be, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be like, you know, like, yeah, I'm going, I want to be different, you know, but. Well, that's super creative because I, I didn't even know that's what it meant. So I love that. Yeah. Well, I've been meaning to put that on my, on my profile, oh, yeah. but I'm just like, when, did, when do I say this, you know? Um, uh, but I'm just going to put like an Instagram story. Like this is what my name means. And. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good idea. Just put it in a little highlight. Yeah, exactly. But, well, yeah. yeah, I'll definitely put a link as well. So thank you in case someone's driving right now or something and they didn't write that down. But yeah, I just truly appreciate your time, Jamie. And I know that now that everybody's heard you talk, they can see why I wanted to have you on because you have so many incredible things to say. So appreciate you and looking forward to staying connected. Thank you very much. Well, that's all for today. Before the next episode drops, I'd love to chat with you one-on-one about the BS messages and methods currently holding you back. You deserve simple weight loss and sustainable wellness, so let's figure out how to make both happen. To book your free consultation, click through the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Health Investment Podcast. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. 
Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.